Welcome to Writing the Wrong Way. This is a podcast for serious writers who want to develop their skills in artistry and stand out in a crowded industry by taking intelligent, creative risks. I'm your host, Jonathan Ball. I hold a PhD in literature. I'm the author of uh, numerous books, and I take a very analytical approach to art making, emphasizing both efficiency and experimentation. Please consider doing me a favor and pre-ordering my new book uh, from Coach House Books, The National Gallery. Uh, it contains sonnets for Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, elegies in the manner of Rilke, but for a dead iPhone, uh, and other strange missives from yours truly, the poet laureate of hell. So go to thenationalgallery.ca for more information. That's thenationalgallery.ca. Thanks. So I'm here with Martine Friesen uh, of the Manitoba Arts Council. And I was wondering if you could talk, if you could talk just a little bit about what, what you see as unique about Canadian funding, maybe mm-hmm. arts funding, and like what role it has, and then maybe a bit more specifically about the Manitoba Arts Council. Sure. And yourself. Yeah, sure. I'm just going to take a sip of tea because... Uh, <coughs> I know it's a bunch of things to throw mm-hmm. <laughs> like, But just broadly no, speaking, no. like how, how do you and the Manitoba <coughs> Arts Council fit into... A absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you know, uh, I think we're very lucky in Canada and in Manitoba in particular to have that artists, professional artists have access to uh, funding, uh, funding to create work and to share work with the public. Um, I think it's very important to a healthy democracy to have arm's length funding of the arts. Uh, which is what we have at the Manitoba Arts Council. So we're not, um, I'm not a government employee. Uh, we get our funding from the provincial government, but um, we are allowed to uh, uh, allocate that funding as, as, um, as per our peer assessment process, which we're going to talk about later, I know, Jonathan. Um, but uh, we, we have a... Um, it's, we At the Manitoba Arts Council, we believe that it's really important uh, as a healthy democracy to have um, artistic uh, voice um, and uh, activity um, supported because it's an important part of a healthy society. And then one of the other big questions I often run into when I talk to people about arts funding uh, is what even is an artist? Like, who's eligible for these right. funds? Right, right. You know, how... What, what is a professional artist? Yep. Because people sometimes see the phrase professional artist and they think, well, I can't apply unless I'm a full-time artist or I can't apply unless, you know, I'm making, you know, $6,000 a year as an artist. Like sometimes people have a, yep. a, a confusion around what constitutes a professional artist. Definitely. We get that question a lot. It's one of the things that we probably deal with the most. So I'm a program consultant at the Manitoba Arts Council. Um, there's a 14 staff members working at the Arts Council, and there's five program consultants. And we're sort of the front line in terms of dealing with artists and arts organizations. So the Manitoba Arts Council funds professional arts organizations, professional arts groups, and professional artists. And how we define professional, yeah, I mean... <laughs> um, you know, most prof- it's pretty hard to make a living as a professional artist. I think there's very few artists across the country that are full-time artists making a decent living at it. We recognize that most artists have to have uh, other jobs. Um, so, uh, of course, we fund artists in all disciplines from dance, music, uh, performing arts, the literary arts, the visual and the media arts, and craft arts. So in the literary arts, how we would define uh, a professional artist is someone who has been, um, we, f- we fund literary arts, literary writing um, in various genres. And in order to be deemed even as an emerging uh, professional artist, you have to have some professional publication in a literary milieu. So for instance, if you've had articles in the paper, that is, that's not considered a literary milieu. So you can have a short story published, say, in a literary periodic or three poems published in a in a poetry uh, magazine that can be online you have to be compensated at some some industry standard rate so that essentially is uh, uh, you know the the way we uh, define professionalism is that you've been you've worked in a professional milieu so if in literary arts again you've been published not self-published we don't recognize self-publication uh, and you've been paid and sometimes when I apply to media arts funds or to do directing and things like that, I sometimes um, the phrase that they'll use is professional context. Like the work has to have been shown in a professional context. I, I find that sometimes that's what it boils down to in a sense. Like, are you working as a professional? 
you know, in the sense of like you're actively doing things, you're publishing work, you know, as you say, uh, you're putting your, your work out in some sort of professional capacity, as opposed to say there's some benchmark, you have to have, you know, published this thing or that thing or this place or that place. Like, no. say it's, it's, it's often more about the context and like exactly. the rate, the profe- you know, how do you compare it to a person who's not... Yeah, professionally, it, well, it can be a bit fuzzy. Is yep. the point? Yeah. yeah, for sure. And we also some of the language you use a lot in our in our online information is, are you recognized by your peers as a professional? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, you know, if you're just, uh, for instance, if you're in a theater troupe and it's just all you and your friends, and you you put together a show at the Fringe, that doesn't necessarily make you professional. But if you were all professional actors that have worked in other theaters where you've been hired and paid, you're working with a professional director, well, then all of a sudden that becomes something different. So it's all about kind of who you hang out with <laughs> or who is uh, um, distributing your work or sharing your work. Uh, and For writers publishing it, I guess. Publishing it. Simplest it. benchmark, but there, there could be other benchmarks. So it's the kind of thing where somebody might should call you up and ask you. Like, Absolutely. Confused, right? And that's a big part of our job as program consultants is to talk to artists. And I think one of the big, you and I talked about misconceptions, and I know we're mm-hmm. going to talk about that later. But I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that, you know, I get a lot of people calling me and they'll say, hi, can I ask you a question? And it's like, yeah, yeah. dude, that's yeah. what they pay me for. Please ask <laughs> me a question. So so any of your listeners that are in Manitoba, because we only fund artists that live in Manitoba, uh, please give me a call and ask me a question. Well, I remember when I was young, uh, I started applying for grants. You know, I, I called up the Manitoba Arts Council. I forget who was working there at the time, but I remember I because I, I'd read the guidelines and I was interested in this for whatever reason I'd gotten in my head. I should apply for a grant. And I remember, like, I did not qualify under the guidelines they had, but I had these other credits that were kind of similar. Mm-hmm. So I called them up and asked, and I asked them, like, I haven't done this, but I've done this. Like, I didn't fit the example I gave, mm-hmm. but I had done these other things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they said, yeah, well, you know, you're kind of on a borderline, they said. Mm-hmm. You know, you should just apply and let the jury determine whether exactly. you're a professional artist. And I remember that being a bit of, like, a revelation that, oh, you know, maybe there's... Not that the process is subjective, but that there's some sort of, you know, question, like, because like, there's so many different things you could do That's in terms right. of publishing. Yeah. Um, and there's so many different, you know, paths that people have, you know, as, as an artist. Yeah. That it, I, I found it really interesting and it was great to hear at the time that, like, oh, the Arts Council recognizes this. It's not a government bureaucracy in no. the sense of... no. No, and, and we also understand that artists work in all sorts of different ways that are constant. The boundaries are constantly being broken and reestablished and blurred. The way uh, a, a particular discipline, I mean, we didn't used to have online publications. We didn't used to have something like a podcast. Well, now, you know, we recognize that the way people work and the way work is disseminated changes all the time. So our programs and our approach is meant to be flexible. Yes, there are some hard lines. We, we don't, for instance, fund cookbooks you know we don't consider that a literary thing we're never going to fund a cookbook but well <laughs> I shouldn't well, say that but you know I suppose it could be a, a literary cookbook in which case there you know <laughs> might be some examples but but um, we do we are flexible and we we do you know understand artistic process and like that sometimes that term literary even will throw people off like I notice uh, I, I'll talk to people who say well you know I don't really I shouldn't. I can't apply for a grant because I write fantasy. I'm like, but fantasy is literature. Like they're, they're saying literature. I I always have to clarify. Like they're saying literature. Like they don't mean it's not a cookbook. It's not journalism. Yeah. Because that's like a different thing. That's right. Um, we fund- maybe you could also get funded, but you know, not as a literary grant. That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. Yeah. We fund. We certainly fund graphic novels. We fund. Uh, we we would fund comics. We would fund online uh, publications. We fund uh, speculative fiction. We fund poetry. We fund creative nonfiction. I mean, it's pretty broad. And if something and you you said something really important earlier that I'm just going to touch on, which is if I'm not sure, or if one of my colleagues, somebody, an artist comes to us with something that we're not really sure about. And if it can possibly be considered eligible or if that artist can possibly be 
considered eligible, we're going to let that go to the, to a jury. And because we don't make the decisions, the peer assessors make the decisions. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've never had it happen in Manitoba's council, but I've had other gr- grants where I've submitted a grant and then it hasn't gone forward to the jury for some reason. Mm-hmm. That's usually been a scenario where, like, I misapplied to the wrong fund. Yeah. And then they came back to me and said something like, I had something with federal funding once yep. where they came back and they said, look, you know, you've got to either shift this to another thing or we're going to have to consider it ineligible or whatever. Yep. Uh, but like rarely, um, what I found consistently, you know, with applying for grants over the years is that one, you know, it's much more flexible than you think it is often from the outside because mm-hmm. you're looking at programs, descriptions, you're thinking it's a, you don't really realize often it's an arm's length. Mm-hmm. So you think, oh, it's as rigid as the government can sometimes be. Right. Um, and it's not that case way at all. And then there's, there's a jury process too, mm-hmm. which maybe we can get a little bit into the jury process. Sure. But like, as you say, like, the, the other thing that is a misconception I think people often has is that, is that the Arts Council isn't really deciding who gets these grants. That's right. <laughs> like, I find that sometimes that's a misconception. People think, well, you know, uh, the Arts Council is either for or against me. It's like, well, that's yeah. kind of irrelevant because the jury is deciding. Like, there's that's guidelines, right. there's, yes. you know, and so on. But, like, can you talk a bit about the, how peer yep. evaluation yep. works in terms of the, the jury process? Absolutely, yeah. So I don't make any of the decisions, neither do any of my colleagues. Um what we work on a peer assessment process similar to sort of a peer review system in, in academia. So what will happen is, let's say I'm running, um, uh, I'm looking at a bunch of literary applications for people who want to write n- new work. Uh, so we fund uh, new the creation of new work among uh, some of the other activities that we fund. So all the applications will come in, say the deadline is September 1st, all these applications from writers come in, I'll look at all the applications and I'll make sure that the activity itself uh, is eligible, so no cookbooks. <laughs> um, anything that's ineligible, I'll take out, and that person will be gets uh, have a phone call or be sent a, a letter. What I'll do is I'll go through the um, applications and I'll look at all the genres that have been submitted. So poetry, uh, graphic novels, uh, speculative fiction, long form, you know, whatever the genres are. Then I'll look at all the names that are included. So if somebody's working with a particular editor or if I know somebody's married to somebody, I know those people can't sit on the jury. So once I've gone through all the applications, I will put together a long list Let's say I want four assessors. I'll put together a long list of 20 potential names of people that can assess those applications, people that don't have any conflicts of interest um, and people that have the expertise between them to uh, assess those that wide variety of, of, of genres at the table. That will get sent to management who will um, possibly approve my long list or they might say, oh, you've forgotten that so-and-so is you know, divorcing so-and-so, so I'll have to take them off the list. We Once we come to a, a list of tw- 20-something names that, that could possibly assess, those people are sent um, an, a, an anonymous email, not an, an email from us uh, saying, this is confidential, are you interested and available to sit on this jury on this date? These are how many applications you'd be assessing. Um, we get the responses back. And once we get the responses back, sometimes so many people say, no, we have to add more lists to the name. So we go through that whole approval process again, send out more emails. Once we get enough people saying yes, then we will pick based on who has expertise in what, we will put our final list together. They agree to it. We send all the materials to them in advance, and they're expected to come prepared. So they have read all the applications, and we have a scoring rubric. Most in the creation process, um, our assessment rubric, Manitoba Arts Council is committed to artistic excellence. So that's always the number one criteria, the most important thing. Uh, So artistic excellence will be 80% of your mark. Uh, Impact and feasibility will be 10% of your mark. So is it it feasible? Does this person have the ability to follow through with this project? And what's the impact to them, their artistic career and potentially what's the impact to an audience then they'll come and meet on the day the assessors and they'll uh, discuss the applications there they'll score they've already pre-scored them they'll do another scoring which will give us a ranking then um, the budget for that program is revealed and it's always far less than the uh, worthy applications and then they'll actually make the funding decisions about who gets what and how much 
and then there's different uh, like so. So there's a couple of things in there that I often see misconceptions around. Mm-hmm. So one is the rubric scoring. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll talk to people and they'll say like, well, you know, I don't know if I should apply for this project because you know it's a different thing than I normally do. And I'll say, well, but then that's going to affect your feasibility. Maybe it's negative in terms of feasibility. Can, mm-hmm. You know, was question perhaps, can you do it? But the impact now exactly. is positive. Yeah. But so now you just got to, it's about framing mm-hmm. that in your, that you understand that in yeah. your application materials. Yeah. And I think sometimes people don't understand like how far the framing of their project oh, can absolutely. go in the application materials. Yeah, and, and it's part also part of my job as a program consultant to uh, advise clients uh, on, like, I can read a draft of your application and I can give you some advice about... Um, you know, pitfalls to avoid, or or is your application clear? I also really think it's really um, advisable for you to share your a draft of your application, not only with a program consultant, but somebody else in your life that you trust. Maybe somebody who's not even in the arts. Is it clear what you want to accomplish? Have uh, you know you want to give the assessors a smooth ride? Absolutely, no speed bumps. Give them no reason not to fund you. It's really clear what you want to do. It's really clear why it's important to you. It's really clear how and when you're going to do it and that your budget is reasonable. I would always share my applications with my teenage daughter. Perfect. <laughs> because, yep. you know, just like, does she understand it? Yeah, you know, that's a great, that's a great strategy. Yeah, what I'm trying to do. Like, you yep. know, and because even though they're professional jury members, as you say, there's sometimes like it's different disciplines that are yep. going to come into play. Mm-hmm. They may or may not know something really specific. Like, so like if you're putting in a, a theater grant, say, mm-hmm. and you know, you're, you're, you're going to do a devised theater process. Well, maybe they don't all know exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. And if you could clarify that in your very yep. quickly, yep. somebody in the room will know it and they can yep. explain it to the others, but exactly. also like displaying that you know it. And, and when they, before they get into the room, when they're pre-reading, it helps to have that information, say. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing, just a, a lot in terms of the jury process, that I sometimes mm-hmm. see misconceptions or confusions around, is the idea that um, you can't just come, as you say, like can't, somebody can't come to you in advance and like mm-hmm. get you to look at it, no, or, or a draft, or even just talk about the idea. Yeah, like, it's super important, especially if you're a first-time applicant, to come in and have a consultation, make mm-hmm. an appointment to see a program consultant. It's it's our job, it's the best part of our job, and we get to talk to artists. Um, and you know, I I advise people to to consult before. It doesn't matter how established you are. Keep on uh, just making a phone call and just get to know the. The, uh, program consultant or the officers that are working in your discipline at the different arts councils get to know them get use them as a resource uh, because y- you may not get your first or second or third grant like you're not gonna a you're not gonna get every grant you apply for mm-hmm. you might not get your first but keep trying um, and it, it's a skill like anything else that can be learned so good grant writing uh, you know, you can be a great artist and not know how to write a great grant application. But the good yeah. news is, is you can learn how to do that. And that's part of my job to help you. And the other thing that comes into play there is there's, there's other factors going into it. Like it is a competition in the sense that you're eventually going to be, you're in the, you know, there's, the funding is going to run out. As that's right. Say. That's so right. you're always going to have a situation where there's going to be certain things the jury decides, you know, we shouldn't fund this. And there's other things they're going to decide, yeah, we should fund this. And then they maybe are getting ranked uh, mm-hmm. by score or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then at a certain point, the money runs out. And so what, what people get, uh, people sometimes don't realize, uh, you know, what the rejection means. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes yep. it's, because if I remember right, the Mount Arts Council has two letters. And one of them indicates that the funding ran out. Mm-hmm. And one of them indicates, you know, the jury didn't recommend. Well, we're. Now, I don't remember what your letters look like right now, but I. Mm-hmm. But that's often people sometimes don't realize like that. I, I sometimes will get my friends like saying, "Oh, you know, I guess you know they didn't like my project." And I'll look at their letter and go, "No, actually, this letter literally means." They did agree to fund your project, but then the money ran out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we have, well, we've made a lot of changes to the Arts Council, which we we could talk about, uh, you know, in a bit. Um, But one of the changes that we've made is, yes, um, uh, having, uh, there's three potential outcomes for your application. You can be awarded, you can be declined with merit, and then you can just be declined. Um, and awarded means obviously you were awarded. Uh, declined with merit means just as you said, uh, the jury found your project worthy of funding, but the money.
money ran out and then a decline is just your project was declined. And, you know, the one of the best changes that we've made in this process is we now have feedback. So if you aren't awarded um, a grant, phone the program consultant and say, do you have any feedback for me? Uh, like, is there, is there something that, you know, you can tell me to make my, my application better? And so we are giving feedback over the phone. Um, so and, and that's just the best thing. Like, don't think you can't do that. And sometimes it's a small thing that you can change that will have a huge impact. Oh, yeah. And 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 and, and, and even if the project is completely, you know, declined, the jury decided not to fund it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the project is a bad project either. Like, it nope. could just be, again, it was too competitive, or it could just be that something about the presentation of the project is confusing or, yeah, or, or, or there's some concern around it or whatever. Yeah, what I, I say, the grant, they don't know how to write a grant necessarily. Or, or what, I, what I hear a lot, what me and my colleagues hear a lot, is um, a, a, a assessment jury saying, you know what, this this is not, this this person isn't ready to get this grant. Tell them to come back. Tell them to, to get further along in the process or in their thinking mm -hmm. it's a cool idea but it's not ready to be funded yet and and sometimes that can actually be a gift because if you did get that grant and you weren't far enough along in the process then you can be sort of uh, a bit lost you know uh, so so uh, that's why it's important to make that follow-up with the with the consultant and sometimes it can be a simple matter of your, your sample your support materials don't necessarily yes. show yes that you can do it in some yep way like so uh well, I, I'm recently put in two different grants to the Medical Arts Council. So when I got uh, a, a grant, and and, uh, and then, you know, I'm working on that project now. The right. other one I I had declined. And then when I was talking to you about it, you, right. know, you indicated, well, one of the problems with that, you know, particular grant that was declined was, I, you know, I was proposing to do a graphic novel. Mm -hmm. I had sent some artwork in, and I had sent some script samples in, mm -hmm. but it would have been better to send, like, Pages. <laughs> That's right. Like even if I just took the text and put it on top of the artwork, yeah, it would have at least sh looked like a comic page, yeah, and more clearly displayed like how that might work. Mm -hmm. um, which is a great, you know, piece of feedback. Something I should, you know, thought of myself, right? But yeah, but I didn't. Well, yeah, and, and I'm and I've been applying for grants for probably fifteen years and, yeah. and gotten, you know, quite a few grants. And I, even I, you know, still, you know, didn't think exactly. something so simple as that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, can we talk about some of the programs? Yeah. So let's. So if I was an artist, you know, I'm going to apply to get a grant. I've decided. I realized I qualify, and so on. How do I figure out what to apply for? Well, we, we have, we've recently moved from paper applications to an online application system. So even before you can apply, uh, everything is done online uh, through our online application system. So um, you have to submit a profile for approval. So uh, you, you will find out at that point whether you're eligible or not. If you're eligible to apply for a grant and your profile is approved, then all of the grants all the programs that you are eligible to apply for show up in your, in the, in your homepage with the next deadline. So um, for most writers, because that's who your audience is, they're going to be able to, they're going to uh, uh, see that they're eligible to apply to um, the CREATE program, which is for the creation or the development of new work. They're going to be eligible to apply to the PRESENT program and the Artists and Communities program. The so that's for sharing work. The present program is is for people who are publishing work. So you have to be a publisher. You have to have a history of professional publication. But but so so if you are a small independent publisher that's not receiving operating funding, you can apply to publish work. The artists and communities program is for artists and communities that face barriers to access. So if you are a writer that's living in a remote northern community, uh, or if you are uh, a writer that is um, living with a disability um, and uh, you want to work on a community project, you can apply to the Artists and Communities Program. Uh, so, But the main programs that you as a writer are going to come to is Create, to, to create new work. And that could be various versions, various drafts of the work. Then in our Learn Stream, we have uh, two programs that um, most writers come to. The Travel Professional Development Grant, uh, which is kind of self-explanatory. If you want to do a writing workshop at like Sage Creek or something, then you can apply to the Travel PD program. $1,000 maximum ask, and you can apply for... Um, your travel and conference fees or, or accommodation. Rolled in 
into the Travel Professional Development Grant is the Public Readings by Manitoba Writers Program, which we administer. And um, so you can do a reading anywhere in the province. You can also do, a, we've expanded, we've made some changes in that program. So let's say a bookstore in Vancouver, in, in Vancouver Toronto is invited you to come out and do a reading, uh, or, or you've launched a new book, and there's an, a bookstore in Saskatoon and Edmonton and in Vancouver, and they're saying, come out and do readings. You can apply to uh, for $1,000 maximum to um, offset your reading fee, which for a full reading fee is $300. If it's a shared reading with uh, other writers, it's $150. But you can also include flights, accommodation per diems. Of, again, it's a $1,000 ask. But if you combine that with other asks, if you live in Winnipeg, for instance, you can also apply to the Winnipeg Arts Council. So that's a really, really great grant. And that has a deadline every six weeks, so we're quite flexible and responsive to, to need. And then the other program I really wanted to talk about, which is um, a, a great program for writers to consider, is our residencies program. And we have three residency options. Um, so uh, two site-specific residencies in Manitoba. One is the Riding Mountain uh, artist Residency in Riding Mountain National Park um, that allows artists of all disciplines, including writers, to spend time in a cabin, uh, the Deep Bay Cabin in Riding Mountain National Park, to, to do some writing. Um, so uh, you get a bit of a stipend, it's very small, but mainly you get time in this gorgeous heritage log cabin right on the lake in beautiful Riding Mountain Park. And uh, all you have to do is a, a, a sort of very casual presentation to the public. The other site-specific uh, residence we have is in Churchill, Manitoba. It's a partnership with the Churchill Northern Studies Centre, which is outside of Churchill. Um, if your writing is connected to northern themes or scientific themes of some kind, so again, this is open to artists of all uh, disciplines. Uh, you can go up to the uh, Northern Studies Centre, you get uh, room and board at the study Centre, you get uh, the opportunity to mingle um, and engage with, with scientists, and you do a little presentation to the community. Then the third residency option is, I'm, we're really excited by this change, um, artists, it's a self-directed residency option, you can go anywhere in the world. Uh, so if there is, like, you can go to Banff, for instance. So these are for opportunities that are a little bit longer than might be supported through the Travel Professional Development Grant. Mm -hmm. So if there's a, a six-month writing retreat in Mexico or, or anywhere in the world, you can apply to go there. If there is a, a, a group of writers or a writer in particular or a school of writing that, that you're very influenced by um, and you want to, uh, you know, go hang out... You, it doesn't have to be a structure and a building and a and a program that exists. So I'll, I'll give a, a um, an example from a different discipline. So if you're a um, musician, and um, there's a um, producer whose work is really influential to you, there's nobody doing this in Winnipeg. You really need to go to L.A. So you make contact with that producer and say, "Hey, um, I really want to do a mentorship with you. Or are you into that? Here's some samples of my work." The producer writes back and says, "Yeah." Come Come on down. Uh, you can come from January to March. I'm free. And we could work on this, this, and this, and you could do some studio time, and you work out a work plan. You could come to the residencies uh, program, apply for three months' time living in L.A., uh, so you would be paying your mentor, you'd be flying to L.A., you'd have accommodations per diem. That has a $10,000 grant maximum. Well, so so that's allowing artists... We used to have sort of very specific residencies connected to very specific mm -hmm. institutions, and we just got rid of all of that and just said, let's let the artists decide what they want to do and where they want to go. So it can be very structured, like going to Banff, or it can be like going to L.A. and working with that producer. Oh, wow, that's really interesting. Isn't that fantastic? I'm yeah. super excited about excellent. that, and I'd love to see writers taking advantage of that. Well, it, it's a great example too. I think of some uh, of just the flexibility and like how these grants—they're very flexible. The programs, yeah, you know, have a lot of possibility inside of them. Yeah, and it's really how well you argue for it. So, so mm -hmm. really, you know, we're we're things are changing so quickly now that that. We're likely to say if it's with again what I said earlier, if it's in within the range or realm of being eligible, 
We're going to say, go ahead and make your pitch, but make it strong, make it specific, and make it clear. Because then you have, like, like juries, if they get excited by something, and if they think you actually can pull this out of the bag, chances are they're going to support you. A big part of that, too, I find, is just making sure that all the materials you're submitting are showing as clearly as possible what is happening at the end. Like, yeah. I think that's the problem people sort of sometimes have is, you know, and one reason I advise people to apply for grants, uh, it, my, my philosophy is that you should apply for every grant you're eligible for every time you're eligible. Absolutely, <laughs> and why not? I, and I think, like, the worst case scenario is that you don't get a grant, but you've clarified your thinking on the project. Mm-hmm. And you've given yourself a deadline to create, like, a certain amount of material. That's a great so, point, yeah. You know, I find that, like, I find so often that just the process of applying for the grant really helps to just you've got to now explain what you're doing to somebody else you've got to show them the samples of what you're doing that's you've got right to maybe write like some test scenes or whatever it yep. is and and it just really helps you figure out what you're doing and yep. because part of the process i find i think is just like imagining ahead to when the thing is done yeah you know let's say if you're trying to write a book let's say imagine you're, you're imagining ahead to like when the book is written and it's printed and it's in your hands what does it look like yep. what is it like to read it you know what's in it that's right um what's the back cover say like like all those sorts of things thinking through that and is important to help you just move towards that project I think yeah but also just to explain to somebody else like try to get the jury to picture the best piece of advice I ever got about writing grants was try to get the jury to feel like they want to fund the thing so they can buy it that's right that's (laughs) right that's exactly right sure i've had lots of juries say i can't wait well i i couldn't i was so devastated when when the support material ended i i i want to read this book i i you know and and when you have assessors from all different backgrounds sitting around the table that are all saying that you know that that project's going to get funded yeah, and, I, and I've seen, I, I, like, I've been on some juries as well, and so one of the things I've seen a lot in general is people, one, people have a misconception that they have to be more established than they need, than yep. they often need to yep. be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that I think sometimes people don't quite realize is that somebody who isn't quite as established but has a really compelling project can sometimes, like, be edging over and oh, scoring higher than a, than a very established person. Like, I've seen people who've won massive national awards kind of losing out to people who've barely done much of anything but they've got this they have done some good stuff and they've got this new thing that sounds really cool absolutely and I think that's actually a really good point you made because that is a misconception that we come across a lot and I have I've been working here for 11 years and I have never done a jury where it's only been established artists that have got the grants in fact you know we're all capable of doing stinky work (laughs) you know and and some Sometimes, yeah, you've got this great artist, but they've just got this tired application on the table, and the jury can read that. And then here comes this very first-time applicant. They've got, like, one professional credit on their resume, but they have this exciting project. They've written clearly. They know what they want to do. Their support st- material sample is strong enough, and, the ju- and, and they're often ranked number one. So it is always a mix of emerging and established. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good point. Yeah, and, like, I mean, I mean other, other, ju- other grants organizations will sometimes sequester them apart a bit more. Like, one of the problems I had... Um, not with the Manitoba Arts Council, with another, with the federal government. At one point, was I published very fast? Like I, I ended up publishing five books in four years. Holy! And so what happened really fast was I, I moved really quickly to being uh, like the top tier of the established mm-hmm. artists. Right. But I wasn't like I'd only been publishing for like three four years. And now I had to apply against Margaret Atwood or something. Right, right, right. You know, and so like I kind of like hit a, and I couldn't apply lower. Like I started, I was yeah. trying to apply for like lower. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Level and they grants. said no. <laughs> they said no. You have yeah. to move up into yeah. this. You know, now yeah. you're applying against David Bergen or something. Yeah. Um, so you know, I had a, a bit of that was a bit of an issue for me at one point. Uh, I yeah. kind of I used to say I was the victim of my small success. And, you know, <laughs> but you know, then I just kept doing it and I started yeah. getting grants again yeah I, you know but it became very much about like how do I what I realized was if I just can clarify as cleanly as possible what the project is and how it's different yep. and whatever yeah then that'll work yeah uh, you know and and as I say like nothing's guaranteed yeah but, but you do have you do kind of like learn as you apply more and more like what how to convey what you're doing to somebody else because I find like so often the problem is 
you don't know what you're doing yourself. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you don't know how to explain it to somebody yeah. else. And so doing the grant process and getting a head start on it, you know, yeah. and like starting early, like yes. a month or two early. <laughs> that's a really <laughs> good know? point. Don't wait till the last minute. Yeah. And and another, here's another thing. Um, uh, once, uh, uh, another really great way of getting, becoming a better grant writer is sitting on a jury. Yeah. So how do you get to sit on our jury? Well, um, create a profile on our online application system as an individual artist. Uh, once you're able to apply for grants, you're automatically eligible to be considered as a juror. We also bring jurors from out of province. Um, but if you can, if you ever get that email from us saying, "Are you interested and available to sit on the jury?" If you if you possibly can say yes, because it it's you'll get such a great insight into the process and to, into the integrity that people bring to the process and how difficult the decisions are made. People don't blithely like w- once people find out how little money there is in the budget or how you know how the money is not going to stretch as, as far as they want it to stretch. Those you know they there's a lot of heartfelt thought taken into those moments and into those decisions and. You know, you have to sit with those jurors until they come to a point where they can leave the room and feel okay. Because it's hard, because they know what that means. Because someone's going to get a letter that's not a happy letter, you know? Can you also talk a bit about staging projects? Because one of the things that I think trips a lot of people up is... Um, the One, there's there's always a, a, a statement to the effect that, you know, there, you're only going to be funding work that has not yet been completed. And yet, you know... Hope they're asking for a sample. So I think that people get tripped up about that, mm-hmm. and they get a little confused about the the concept of staging a project. Like so, how, and, and what's feasible to apply for? So, like if somebody say, for example, is applying to write a book. Um, I think sometimes like they have in their head, oh, I got to write this book, and that's like the one stage of the project. <laughs> but often no. it's like, but no, no, there's there's different stages of that project. Absolutely, and you need to kind of figure out where you are at and what you're applying for and so I just wonder if you could talk a little bit about if somebody has a large project like doing a book or even doing like a series of books or Mm -hmm. some sort of like very large thing Mm -hmm. maybe it's a book that has some sort of media component Mm -hmm. with a website component or something Mm -hmm. Um, how do you uh, I know every project is different what are some just general tips in terms of thinking through how to break a project down into stages sure well First of all, you it, it's okay for you to apply for a project that you haven't done any work on, but you have a fulsome idea and you, you, you have your elevator pitch. You know, you know what the idea is, you know what you want it to look like with the understanding that the artistic process sometimes is a long meandering one and sometimes you don't end up in that place that you envisioned at the beginning. That's part of the magic of the process. And the Manitoba Arts Council understands that and so do the peer assessors. So if you come to... Um, you, you can come with a very first project. You, have, you don't have any... Um, work on it done as long as you have um, support material samples of your work previous work that that can establish your credibility as an artist uh, you know the expertise of your writing or that that's totally fine it's not samples from the work that you're requesting funding for but you have previous samples of your work you talk about clearly about what you want to accomplish and that's that you can come for a second phase so you've got the first draft written it's a rough draft. Now you want to finish it. You want to get it like you know ready to, to send to a publisher. So that's a second gra- draft. In which case, you would be submitting samples from that first draft. And and I always recommend that people you know talk about well as you can see the characters need developing and this is what I want to work on specifically. I need to work on you know the 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 last half of the book or or whatever. If you have a very large project, sometimes. As you pointed out, people get tripped up because it's so large and it's all sprawling. And the and the jury says, "Well, this is such a cool project, but I just don't. This I didn't know what part of it they were going to work on, and what are they talking about?" So I always recommend being as specific as possible. So uh, apply for a component of that. So um, okay, yes, there is this. Uh, uh, there's going to be illustrations, or there's going to be we're going to work on you know, this part. So this, so this is what the whole project is, 
but I am requesting this much money to support this phase of the creation. Uh, m make it specific. If you want to uh, apply for the, the kitchen sink and everything else, that's fine, but be really, really specific in your timeline how you are going to accomplish that. Um, and uh, it, you can do it, but, but it, it, that's a, you, you, you do have to stage it. You do have to be very specific. Um, that's where feasibility comes into play. Can you actually do it? Can you, have you given yourself enough timeline? Uh, do you have uh, experience, previous experience working this, in this kind of way? If not, maybe you need to bring in a consultant or a, um, you know, if you're a playwright, a dramaturg, or if you're a writer, an editor, uh, an outside eye to help you. Are you working with someone to give you some advice, feedback to, to guide you in the process? And then what would you suggest in terms of people who are, maybe they're doing very large projects and they are thinking their budget, you know, is bigger than the maximum. So maybe they're going to be trying to apply to multiple grants organizations. Like, now how, how, how is that sort of, how do you advise somebody reflect that in, say, their budget or should they still be thinking in terms of stages? Like, what can I do if I get this grant and not these other ones? Mm -hmm. like what's the best way to so maybe frame like a very large project for a city? Well, with a very large project... Like writers don't often have that scenario. No, sometimes. they don't. They don't. But if you did, you would definitely want to be showing other sources of revenue in your budget. That is, makes your application stronger. I mean, if you're just writing just as if writing a book of a manuscript of poetry is a simple thing but let's see you were you know that's your project you're applying for 12 months of funding um and and so it's okay to have the manitoba arts council be your only funding source but um if you're um doing a travel pd and you're going to berlin to take a you know a, a one week i don't know some kind of writing course um you're going to want to show that you have you know other sources of revenue because it's expensive to travel to europe it's expensive to stay there um so 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 I would definitely recommend that you have other sources of revenue. Um, in our budget, we have a budget template in our online application system that allows you to indicate those other sources of revenue and whether they are pending or confirmed. Um, and, um, you know, we don't have a requirement that you speak about, well, if I don't get this funding, I'll do that. Um, I'll do this is my plan A, this is my plan B. But it's not a bad uh, scenario. Um, if, certainly, I would recommend that what you're at that that what you're asking f uh, for Mac, uh, what the, the amount that you're asking for Mac uh, from Mac is something that you can accomplish regardless of whether you get the other funding or not. Yeah, I, I also find that sometimes people overcomplicate their budget. Like, yeah. they'll think like, oh, you know, I need money to photocopy. Yeah, it's like, well, maybe. Yeah, exactly. But really, like, yeah, you need money to live. And exactly. So <laughs> you know, for most so. writers, it's a stipend, it's a living allowance, which you're allowed two thousand dollars a month is the maximum you can ask for from Mac get, within the maximums of of the grant. Um, so, but but those kind of big project and those budget questions, that's something that you should really talk to a consultant about because mm -hmm. um, it, it's kind of hard to talk about it in a in a theoretical way without specifics. So that's 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 a good way to uh, approach a consultant. But and especially talking about how could you break it maybe apart into components. That, that's right. Know, I could do this stage, then I could do, maybe do this stage later, and so that's on. right. Because I, you know, it, it certainly is. Um, Again, the feasibility starts to come into play. Like, you know, is it feasible that yeah. this person could do this thing? Yeah. And, you know, what if they get, you know, they don't get all this other funding? Do they have anything to show for it at the yeah, end? Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, I think sometimes that's, like, something that people haven't thought as fully through. Yeah. Because they're sort of thinking of this project as, like, an all-or-nothing thing. But, but usually it's not. You that's know, right. Like, that's right. Yeah. You know, if they don't get, you know, like, if you've got a first draft... Well, later on, you could make a final draft. <laughs> That's right. You don't right. necessarily have to make a final draft tomorrow. You know? That's like, right. I think sometimes people don't think through that stuff as much. And, and yeah. as I say, talking to program consultants, I found, I found in the past really helpful for me just to kind of clarify my thinking in terms of the feasibility of the project mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. how to simplify the project mm -hmm. you know, and get like a core thing figure it out in software they have a concept called the minimum viable project i think sometimes it helps to think in terms of that like what's the what's like the what do you need to actually do it yeah and then on top of that you could scaffold all these other things yeah that's right <laughs> bare minimum you could like here's what i would need to do it that's right and then like if i get this other stuff i could do this i could amp it up in this way or have this other stage or have like my cool media 
side component or whatever. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, you know, if, if you can just do it, <laughs> yeah. like, you yeah. know, and have something yeah. to show for it, yeah. maybe you can then use it as a sample to take, exactly. to get another To grant. leverage other funding mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, the kind of last couple of things I want to just ask you about quickly was like, how, how do you suggest somebody deal with uh, rejection? So if they get apply for a grant, they've you know done this work and they're not getting the grant, you know they've been declined. Like, what do you think is the next step for that person? Like, and in, in terms of trying to move forward to that mm-hmm. kind of project. So for Mac, I assume it'll be to you know call up, get some of the feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, first of all, I would say, you know, rejection sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to feel bad about that. Um, uh, so uh, um, I would take it a step backward and say, when you submit your grant, remember that it's a competition and you may not get it. Um, uh, and then when if you don't get the grant, take a moment and feel that, that human feeling <laughs> And then pick up the phone and say, hey, I didn't, or send an email to the program consultant and say, uh, can I please discuss the results of, of you know, the, my, my grant? And um, ask for some feedback. And um, if you're going to reapply, you can often reapply with the same project, definitely come in and sit with the program consultant because the program consultant can say, you know, um, I th- let, let's make it better. Let's see how we can make this better and resubmit. And I think you just have to know that you're just going to not get every grant you get. So try not to take it personally uh, and uh, try to get on a jury <laughs> so you know what it's like. And it's just part of the beastly process of being an artist, you know, like it's just hard. And that's one of the hard things. But you will get a grant and that's a great thing. Yeah, and, and, and I think that eventually you know, people do keep applying. They'll and they learn how applying. to apply. Exactly. Like they'll eventually get grants. Yeah. Like like uh, and the other like I I took I remember when I started applying for grants. It took me I think seven years of solid applying to every deadline that there yep. was to get a grant. Yeah. And then for certain grants like Canada Council for the Arts, I never got it. It took me like. 15 years to get yeah. a grant. Canada Council. Um, Although right now the Canada Council is a good time to be applying at the Canada mm-hmm. Council. They have a lot of money. The other thing I was going to say is that, you know, there's so many factors that go into a decision. Each jury is different because it's a different group of peer assessors making the decision, and it's a different group of applications on the table. So literally they are like snowflakes. It's never going to be the same. And sometimes there are those sort of like just ephemeral things that, you know, like... There happened to be five graphic novel projects on the table, and if yours was the only one, it might have risen more to the top, but because there happened to be five that time, it, you know, like, just so many things that normally I would have said, this application, uh, my inner voice, because I do have an opinion, even though I, I have no voice at the peer assessment table, I purely facilitate it, but of course I'm a human being, I have my opinions, so I'll, I'll read those applications and I think, oh man, this is so going to get funded. And then it doesn't, you know, so for various reasons that are that I also understand because I'm sitting in that jury. But um, there's so many things that go into that decision. And it doesn't mean that your project isn't worthwhile. Well, when I finally did get my Canada Council grant, I broke through it. I was with I just had I had gotten a project rejected. I looked at the application and I thought, no, it's fine. And I submitted again without changing it. And right. then I got it accepted. There you go. Perfect <laughs> it example. The, it, it was, you know. So. But, you, but you took the time to look at it. Yeah. So, uh, objectively to see, no, you know, you, you did that sort of self-analysis, which I think is also key. Don't just assume that there isn't something you can make better. But, but that, but exactly. In that it, case, there wasn't. Exactly. But there are other ones where, you know, yeah, I had do some massive changes you know, yeah. and it paid off or didn't pay off or yeah. whatever. Uh, what, the flip side of that is like how, how should an artist deal with acceptance? Like what do you consider, because I often see a lot of misconceptions around people getting grants. So sometimes people think, for example, that somehow the Arts Council has some sort of um, approval process over what they do once they get the grant. Yeah. You know, and I, I, often, I tell people often like, 
like as long as you're doing what you said you would do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's no. all that really matters. Yeah, you've already got the approval. The approval has come through the peer assessment process. So, so um, you know, the Arts Council doesn't want to see uh, the end sample of your work because we simply can't store it, nor do we have time to to read everyone, er, listen to everyone's music, read everyone's books. You know, we just don't. And it's it really, it's not my opinion that counts. It's the peer assessors. So once you get the uh, award. Uh, if you've been awarded a grant, you get the full amount. You sign a funding agreement. You get the full amount of your grant, and you're expected to submit a final report. You've got 18 months approximately to finish a project. Submit a final report, which is a narrative. How did it go? You're, you're asked a series of questions. Uh, submit a final budget, and and that's it. So, no, there is no... Uh, you've already jumped through that hoop. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the first time I did a report, I was surprised... Like, I literally just wrote a one-page letter. Yeah. Said, hey, you know, here's what I did. Thanks. Here's my budget. It's the same as before, but I yeah. filled out the actuals instead of the projected. Exactly. And that was it. Like, hoops roll, jumped through, it was done. We like, do, We with our online system, our final report is a little different. It's not just sort of an open narrative. It, there are some uh, yes-no questions that we ask. There's a bit of narrative area. But, you know, essentially it's the same thing. It's it's not a big deal. But it wasn't like I submitted the manuscript, no. they read it, they no. told me whether it was any good. No. Like, I think sometimes people think there's this, all these weird strings attached. No. But you've gone, as I say, you've already leaped through the hoops That's right. for the most part. That's unless right. Unless you're doing something like, well, instead of it's a novel, now it's a bunch of songs. Like, unless well, it's like no, a uh, weird scenario yeah, where it, you're changing it. Yes. And even if you want to change it, like, you just need to get approval for that. That's right. You need, if, if something's changing drastically, I mean, if you were funded to write a, ma- a poetry manuscript, or, or let's say you were funded to, to write a, a, a speculative a work of speculative fiction, and then you, you know you're awarded, and then you decide, no, I'm going to write um, some poetry. Well, in which case you'd probably have to re- rescind your award because you were awarded based on something very different. Mm-hmm. So, so, but that I mean that rarely happens. Um, but even if that happens, that's you make like that's the artist just not doing what they said they that's, would do. Exactly, it does, it's not like there was a weird string attached no, that you had to whatever. No, it's just no. that you you probably should have just realized you didn't want to do this project. Exactly, and I will all, uh, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, like like all, I almost never see that kind of thing. Like no, again, where in just going through the application process, I find usually clears that stuff up. Or like you know if. Um, I find like people have a lot of misconceptions often about like these grants, and so one of the big ones to me is like it's some sort of complicated process after you get the grants. Like, well, no, it's the simplest process in the world. There's no like the the report is basically the oversight. You're mm-hmm. self-reporting yeah. that you did what you said you would do, and mm-hmm. then if you publish the book or something, you acknowledge that it was supported. Like it's not That's right. complicated. Well, no, you've already done. Well, the comp, the, the first complicated thing is you submitted the grant application, and mm-hmm. then if you get it, <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Now you actually have to write that book, which is uh, you know like climbing a mountain. And, yes, and so, yeah. so you know, like, go for it. We're, we're thrilled. We want to see, you know, artistic activity happening. And then every once in a while, you'll get a final report, and they'll say, you know what, I, I, I wrote for seven months, and I finally discovered that I can't actually write this book right now. Um, or I can't, um, I couldn't do this. And, and sometimes it's something traumatic in their life or something, you know, and, and that happens too, like life happens. But where the Manitoba Arts Council has accountability is through the peer assessment process, mm-hmm. through how we pick those peers, so how, who is allowed to be a peer, who is allowed to, what is the process whereby we, we um, you know, put these people together? What are the questions that they are asked in terms of assessing the applications? So that is where we have our rigor and accountability. And then, of course, the final report. Um, but, but uh, you know, artists, the artistic process is, is um, it's not a linear thing. It's not a scientific thing. It's, it is what it is. And we, we are here to support that. Yeah, and I've found over the years, like, whatever Arts Council I've dealt with, like, uh, but uh, especially with Manitoba Arts Council, like I found it's just, you know, they very much understand the process. You know, it's very much about vetting these applications. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not uh, about, you know, 
attaching a bunch of strings to anything or like no. trying to complicate the matter or, you know, holding you, you know, like there's, it's very, very uh, clean and arm's length, you know, mm-hmm. as you say. Well, and also many of us have been artists in the past. Most of us on staff have had an artistic practice, you know, for, for, of one kind or another. So we completely, I mean, it's really a requirement of the job. So <laughs> we do understand, you know, um, when we talk to artists. Well, I really appreciate you talking to me. I was wondering if you have any kind of last words for people who are considering grants, thinking of applying for grants or, you know, um, just, you know, what should is the next step for most people? Well, I'd say create the profile. Yeah, likely. create the talk profile. To a, talk to a consultant, but also do, do your research. Like, read all the all the a lot of the questions that people have are information that's readily available on our website. Um, you know, read through all of that and don't be afraid to, to come on down and have a consultation because. Um, so many of your questions are going to be answered. So many of your fears are going to be alleviated. And if you are serious about being a professional artist, you really should be applying for grants. That is part of your job. I find, with particular, specific with Manitoba Arts Council, that online system is really great because oh, good. it lets you just put, like, if you're in a part part of the application, you don't understand something, you can literally just leave a note there. That's right. And somebody, and like, you can come and answer the note. That's right. Uh, like, it's it's such a easy system to get feedback and yep. to get your questions answered you don't even have to call although That's of right. course you could yeah but, but like but sometimes people don't want to do that and they just you know they, they're for whatever reason and that's totally yeah, fine you can literally just leave a question like in the application right beside the thing you have a question about yeah and then next time you sign in maybe somebody's answered that question like that's right. very clean very you know interesting and but just go back to something you just said mm-hmm. like i think that that's the the attitude that's served me well personally has been the um, the attitude that it's just part of the job. That's like, right. If this is my job, you know, I'm going to treat it like my job. Whether yeah. I'm, you know, I, I the thing that has saved me personally over the years a lot of grief <laughs> is just <laughs> as, before I was making any money doing anything, I just thought, well, you know, my job is to do this. I got to take it seriously. Part of my job is to apply for grants if I'm eligible for grants and to learn about grants mm-hmm. and so on. And so I always like every time I apply for a grant, there's a little um, data collection section where mm-hmm. you know, it's optional whether you fill this in, yep. but it has like, you know, your data collection, like yep. who's applying, you know, are they, um, what's their background, yep. what's their age range and stuff. And one of the questions uh, that I think is still there, used to be there anyway, is like, how did you hear about this grant? Right. Uh, or about the Mantra yeah. Arts Council, about these programs. And I always would put in, a, you know, because I'm a professional. <laughs> you know, it's my job. It's my job to well, know yeah, about these and, grants. And, and just like uh, it, there's parts of your job that aren't your favorite. You know, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. Applying for grants is never going to be everyone's favorite gig. But but it is something that, you know, you can do. And, and you said something um, earlier that I thought was so insightful, which is that the process of applying for a grant can really help you clarify what your project is and your thinking around the project. Because you have to in a very short amount of space articulate that to a group of strangers so and I think that's super valuable and you know you you the the reward there's it's not that much pain and the reward can be so great you can be you know not have to work for a few months and be able to really dedicate your your time to your craft right which is the whole point of it so you know it's just um it's just good good practice to to be applying for grants yeah I've literally applied for a grant you know to write a book, gotten the money. Then when I sent the book to the publishers, I went to the grant application and pulled a bunch of phrases out of it, like put it in my cover letter awesome. <laughs> to send to the publisher. Oh, I see. But then can, when they published the book, I took more stuff from the grant application, put it on the back cover of the book. That's because, brilliant. You know, I love hearing that. That's fantastic. Because it's very much like, yeah, you're clarifying, you're explaining to somebody. Well, so the same sorts of things you'd say to explain to a jury is the kind of thing you'd say to explain to a reader picking the book off the shelf. That's like, fantastic. Like, maybe it won't be the exact phrase. Yeah, like, yeah. I think, like, it helps you to get in that mindset of, like, well, what is it going to look like? I, I found it to be an invaluable process, personally. And even yeah. just, like, I've done grant applications in the past where, say I was applying to do, um, well, well, 
I just got I got money a little while ago for the Man of Blue Arts Council to do a short story collection, right? Yeah, which is going to come out fall twenty twenty. Oh, congratulations! Yeah. Excellent. So I got it published by them. Oh, One of the parts of that process was I, I had to go through and I, I wrote a little description of every story that I was going to write in the application, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that literally you know became like my little outline or my map of you know how I was going to write the yeah. book, and then yeah. like I sent that. I retooled that application as right. a synopsis to yeah. send out with the manuscript, you know, and it, and it really helped in so many ways. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic to hear. I, I think, love that. That's a great story. But that's synthesis, I think. Yeah. I think people need to th- think more about grants as having, it's part of your p- creative process is to be clarifying your ideas and getting like your, your, your stuff mapped out. Mm-hmm. Because the worst thing that can happen you know, is you, you don't get a grant, but you know now what you're doing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you have a plan. Like exactly. You minimally have a plan now. Yeah, that's right. And then you didn't get any money to support your plan. Yeah. But next time you might. But And you also have the workings of a first draft of your next application. Exactly. Yeah, and, and you know, that's the other thing people sometimes don't think through is like, well, it's not a waste of time if no. you don't get this grant. Look, no. Well, you, you've, you've done work on your yeah. project. Yeah. By doing the grant application. And also you can resubmit that grant. You yep. know, in rare there's rare instances where you can't. Yeah. Like it was never eligible for any grant. Yeah. Because, it, it's very or, rare but that you very wouldn't. rare, yeah. yeah. Or like sometimes yeah. there's limits like can a council you can't submit twice within this same period. Yeah, we don't like, have that limit. Yeah, you got rid of that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's even that it's like you could just you just wait a little longer then to exactly. reapply. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for talking to me. I yeah, really it was appreciate great. it. And um, if you're listening to this and you go to uh, Manitoba Arts Council, <laughs> it's a website. If you just literally you know, Google Manitoba Arts Council, you'll pull up their website. But I'll also um, uh, link uh, to it and to a bunch of these program pages on uh, jonathanball.com slash grants. Uh, so uh, thanks very much, Martine. Thank uh, you. And everyone... Listening, you apply for some grants, write some proposals, and uh, keep writing the wrong way. <laughs>